0: Two, ready, one. Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: Let's quit faffing about
0: gonna have to go home and look that up see if i need to edit it out or not also joining us jed brew the director of mission usa productions
2: i'm preemptively scandalized that way i'm safe
0: also the title of a pretty good late era stones album preemptively (laughs) scandalized i think bowie was on that one also joining us all the way from Mercer Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger.
3: I think one thing we know about the show at this point is that not only is Matt not going to look it up, but he's definitely not going to edit it out, no matter how scandalous Glenn gets.
0: No, short of just screaming out, Hail Satan, there's almost nothing that'll make me uh, do the actual work to edit this podcast. Hail Satan! Well, anyway, the other <laughs> thing
1: that I'd like to say oh, is... Oh, my word.
0: <laughs> faffing you about... You just couldn't resist, could you?
1: I really couldn't. Faffing about is not dirty and i think it shows something about the minds Jed, of the people that we're in this podcast with
2: you know Glenn, to the pure all things are pure this is what i'm trying to that's say that's from the bible matthew the bible not familiar with the it the bible you've been
0: bible you know i don't think a guy who just screamed out hail satan gets to bible me <laughs> i'm not sure that's pretty um, that's sure point. that's in there somewhere
1: faffing about
0: stop saying well, hold that. on are you
1: when you're <laughs> saying <laughs> enough if
0: you're, times it becomes dirty <laughs>
3: If you are you saying that it's 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 informing us about the people that listen to the show or just the people that co-host the show with you?
0: Both.
1: Um, <laughs> here, here's what I'm saying. It is faffing about. you got to. You definitely can't
0: say it with that pause. It
1: is British, therefore it can't be dirty. I
0: think oh. that's decidedly I've seen untrue. a oh, whole lot of movies that would disprove yeah. that theory. Opposite. This, the,
3: it the, might be the
0: opposite. I think Guy Ritchie's entire oeuvre yeah. proves that that's not true. Well played. Thank you. Faffing about. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on quickly. <laughs> before... Our
1: friends across the pond are loving this podcast right now. They're are feeling they? like a kinship with me. They're like, that dude gets it.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Why sure. not? Sure. We have a we ha- normally we generate our own emergency and Lord only knows in another in another time and place that may have led to Glenn going on about faffing about for another fifteen minutes. But this time we have a user generated emergency and aren't we thankful for it? So our friend from uh, Tumblr Amanda does things, which is a good catch all Tumblr name. Absolutely, yeah, Amanda yeah. there yeah. West writes into us says there's an emergency. Oh, mm.
1: okay. Wait, uh, is she declaring her own emergency? Yeah. Well, does she have the
0: right to do that? Indeed I don't, she does. I don't, this is a, a bird stalker. I tried to turn emergency into democracy. And it all fell apart in the middle. So let's say she does. There's an emergency. I listen to your guys podcast and it's just too amazing.
1: Well, that is an emergency. See,
0: See Glenn, you question <laughs> the people. No, come you're, no, you're right. You're right. I, Carry I on. It's I something I look forward to every week and it gets me through my cage cleaning all day. I think she works at a pet store, but if she doesn't, there's something Wait, there's something far for the serious going on there. That's a good alternate. Almost certainly. Okay. It gets me the clades cleanly all day, but you only say, you only put, say that out once a week and the bridge, that's the bridge podcast. You find that on iTunes on Mondays. That's cool and all because the rest of your hours are probably spent with your uh, families, friends, and people in jails. That is a weird list that applies to us. Sometimes okay. all three at once. <laughs> it's, sure. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. But I work six days a week, which kind of feels like she's bragging at that point. Yeah. I, I've worked other days in the week too at times. Sure. Here we go. This is into the meat of this particular version. Any suggestions for other podcasts that are almost as awesome as yours? Well, I'm gonna start us off here. I tell you what, Amanda. Obviously nothing's almost as awesome as this. No, no, that's we we just did a thirty minute bit about the word faffing. Yeah. Where could you find that? Elsewhere.
1: Well, you know what we were doing is we were faffing about.
0: We were faffing about faffing.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> well, I hear the International Faffing Society does have a podcast. This is going to go wrong. I but don't uh,
3: think that could be, po- I don't think it's possible that there's any other podcast that's ever been produced in the history of podcasting that said the word faffing more than this episode has. <laughs> Meta-faffing.
0: Wow. Well, the other thing is um, this podcast is for white guys sitting around talking. You just can't find that on any podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not just out there to be found. But actually, so, but we do, we have many podcasts in the Say That podcasting family. I'll give you a rundown. We have Say That. Obviously, comes out every Wednesday. That's the one you're listening to. If you don't know about Say That, you lead an odd life being that you're the only Sorry. way to be listening to this is to have intentionally downloaded this or someone's finally given our uh, megaphone idea world that's cool nice. too we have the bridge which is a digital worship service that's two of our bridge box worship songs a sermon from glenn sometimes myself and a scripture memorization track from the pool house guru chicago dj that comes out every monday we have a, another version of that podcast featuring heavy metal music that jed has played produced or procured um, that comes out every Friday. That's The Bridge Loud. You can also find that in iTunes. You can find all this in iTunes or uh, at their various Pod Beans, which are just the name of them. Say that, The Bridge Podcast, The Bridge Loud. Then we this is where Lee comes in. Lee is, has uh, Christ Community Church, is Lee's church. They have a podcast feed that is regularly updated. You've got some back episodes of Lee's version of the Bridge Podcast, and by his version I mean the thing I stole the idea from the Bridge Podcast for, (laughs) the water tower, so you got some back gifts to that. And then there's a new player on the horizon. Why don't you tell us a real quick rundown of Ancient and New, Lee?
3: Uh, Ancient and New is a Bible study podcast where predominantly Matt and I sit around and talk about various scriptures. Every now and then there will be guest appearances from friends, people in ministry that I think are cool, such as uh, uncle Glenn appears on the show every now and then Jed has appeared on the show every now and then as well. Um, and they will continue to do this. It's a uh, 30 minutes talking about scripture and, and there's quite a bit of faffing
0: about it's a good show.
3: And that comes out every, it comes out every Thursday. There you go. Free so on all, iTunes. All
0: these come out once a week. So that's six days a week. That's six podcasts for you every week. Good content, free, regularly updated. But I, I thought we need to do more for the people.
1: Right on we
0: can't just focus on what exists no we we're we're the dreamers of dreams that's the main, imaginers that's
1: mainly wh- how I think of us,
0: sure, but I think we need to look towards that which does not yet exist. I say what other podcasts could we create or would we like there to exist in the Christian podcasting sphere
3: well I, if if I could jump in here matt i'd I'm just feeling kind of creative. Just it's a, the Amanda does things email is is uh, is kind of priming the creative spark. And I, I, I normally w- hate
0: and try to crush out creativity wherever I find it. But okay, go ahead.
3: Here's the thing: is that one one aspect of podcasting that we haven't really delved into yet is the video casting. Mm. And so I've decided that um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a um, old school 1960s style claymation. Pod uh video podcast of various stories from the Old Testament.
2: Ooh, okay, okay, mm. right. And when you say sixties claymation, you're talking like you know the Frosty, the Snowman, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer, like that whole scene. Is that what we're talking about?
0: Appropriately, Davy and Goliath. Okay, yeah,
3: uh, per- precisely. Burl lives with a banjo as a snowman, singing silver and gold. That's I like exactly it. what I'm talking about. I like it. I think it's gonna be called um something to the effect of you guys can help me with this. Maybe you know, the Old Testament there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of fighting, a lot of war. I'm thinking um I'm thinking maybe clay and blood. Would it just kinda of go with the ancient and new thing. I don't know.
1: I, I th- like it. I think clay cast is Pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, strong, yeah,
2: yeah. Now with Lee, with a lot of those clay cast, with, with a lot of those sixty claymation nice. cartoons, you know they had like good, you know, musical numbers. Yeah. What I but they're all really upbeat and kind of clap your hands. Could we do like some really, really sorted violent Old Testament stories? But then I can write an upbeat musical number, almost like a show tune, to go with it. Sure, I, I, that's I had already
3: drafted that email Ammonites to and you to whatnot. ask you to do that thing.
2: Exactly. right. I'm just thinking the story of Deborah and the tent peg, <laughs> right? And you took thing. out you know just there's like a, rag, a real whistly tune exactly ragtime number you know well, really there's there?
3: you know there's that one story where uh in in the book of judges it, it, there's just like at the city gates are just two piles of heads oh and so gosh. i think just like uh if if you could it, you know two I, piles start.
1: of heads
3: <laughs> two piles of heads we got to be a gold pile of heads who's got to move them yeah, yeah, a big old pile of heads go, Here's what I'm saying is, okay, there, there's, uh, you know, Samson pulls down the columns, takes out thousands of people at, at once. Can you give me, like, a barbershop num- number for that?
2: Hmm. Let's see. Can can, can somebody blow the, uh, you know, the pitch pipe for me? <laughs> When you're blind and you're old, but you want
1: people to die, pull 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 the pillars down. Pull the
0: pillars down. Pull
1: the pillars down. Pull
0: the pillars down.
2: I'm doing the high (laughs) harmony on that. (laughs) Yeah, you are. When revenge
1: is the balm for the life that you've lost, (laughs) pull the pillars down. Pull the
0: pillars down. Pull the pillars (laughs) down. (laughs)
3: That was
0: Oh, As great. so how often happens on this show, um, I'm equal parts impressed and horrified that not only did Jed just improv the lyrics to that at the top of his head, yeah. Glenn harmonized with him right? just right there in the pocket. And, right. and, and Lee busting a third
2: layer of harmony via yeah.
0: Skype. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. some
1: serious talent.
0: Uh, if we ever put this level of thought, ingenuity, or effort into something that was worthwhile, you almost wonder what would happen. Well,
1: here's what I'm saying. We've done this on the podcast before. I have fashion tips. That's okay? true. we talked about it before. And it's smoky a, eye. Whether or not you can pull off a smoky eye, you
0: got to know. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Since uh, we're going with titles, and we're trying to keep it biblical, right. here's what I got for you: pillars, smoky eye.
1: Ooh, I like wow. it. I like it. Let me tell you what. Here's what people. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to tease. That's what you do. Sure. Tease it. Yes. Right. This
0: is the teaser trailer.
1: Kitten heels, okay. Are they in or are they out? Right. Tune in. I think okay. that was
0: your example from last time, which makes me think that Smoky Eye and Kitten Heels are the only fashion words you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of talk. Well, but the people have to tune in to find out. That's exactly right. Because maybe I don't know anything, and that would to be see how long you could stretch. That those would be terms. the humor of it. See, yeah. that would be the. Let me just tell you something else. Espadrilles. Okay. Very okay. nice. Good call. Just uh, it's just that's on the table. Crocs. See, I had one too. No Crocs. No, Jed.
0: No. No,
1: No, you have no fashion. Jaggings. You you understand nothing about Crocs and jeggings.
0: Wow. No. So many so many of our female listeners just turned this off in horror. Craggings. Stop. No. No. Jed, no, stop! Jed. Stop yelling random words <laughs> and suggest a podcast for the people. Well,
2: Matthew, I'm I'm glad that you turned the attention to me. Um,
0: I immediately uh, regret it, but okay.
2: <laughs> I um, I do have a podcast for those who wish to flee the wrath that is to come, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It's called True Repentance with Legalistic Judd Brewer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, Matthew... True Repentance. True, true repentance. repentance. That's like, because a lot of people think they're repenting, but it's not the, not really the, the, the full...
0: Only True Repentance turns away wrath.
1: I see.
2: Glenjamin. let me ask you this um, as a bit of a barometer, a tool perhaps you could use. Right. Um, your repentance, is it serving the Lord Jesus or is it you serving you? <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sorry, I, I'm uh, the, the Lord who?
2: Cheese sauce. Sure.
1: Are are you aspirating a a, a vowel in the middle of the name of Jesus, or or are you using... Are, are you referring to a worship of a cheese sauce? Because that it's a very Wisconsin
0: savior. Yeah, i was about to say. I think that I think that uh, that reason would
1: take off in these United States. A very Wisconsin savior. That's a musical I'll go to see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very
1: Wisconsin savior. <laughs> that's yeah. That's That's a hit, right? Sure.
0: There. The well, road to Madison. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's very so, good. Yeah. The, the
1: legalistic... And you just be legalistic at people. I think
0: we just got a very solid preview of what it would be.
2: Well, we, we have... I, I don't want to self-aggrandize, which, of course, is uh, coequal with the sin of pride. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't want to say too much um because i don't want to disappoint anyone mm. um but we do have I, I believe two themes coming soon on true repentance that i don't know the listeners would enjoy them but i hope that they would benefit from them mm. um that they would be yeah. um exhorted towards greater righteousness. that's what i think about this mm. podcast
0: but that sudden stops that i don't think the listeners will enjoy this i don't worry about benefit uh-huh. our podcast
2: of course airs only at 5 a.m i think it, it actually can't be listened it took to a
0: whole lot of uh html coding to make that happen right, right. Uh, but this
2: coming sunday at 5 a.m your quiet time self-serving or completely self-serving mm. <laughs> and <Yes>. then the <laughs> sunday following will be launching a new 48 week series learning to be more fully crushed by your transgressions
1: ah yeah <laughs>
2: so i won't say that i hope that you join us um i i hope that you respond to the pleading in your heart uh huh. And if that is manifest in being a part of our listenership, uh-huh. um, so be it. If if, if God wills it, um, right. but but we do hope the key thing is that you have no joy of any kind in your life. Right. That's
1: yeah. That's really our prayer for you.
0: Well, Jed, I think you've got something very a very nice idea there. We're yeah. running a well long time, so I'm gonna, I'm going to close this out with my suggestion. Hit me. Do it. I think, that, and this we'll get. We might do a stay with this later because we've we still got to cover the Doctor Love Hour and the Professor Pleasure Podcast. Lovely. Oh, we, we don't have time yeah. to get into those right now. But here, uh, spinning <laughs> off what Jed's saying, think, and this is this is current. That's why we're mm. launching it now, based on recent mm. events. The Village Church Covenant Listenership Podcast. Okay, where if you decide you don't want to subscribe to this Village Church podcast anymore, we don't let you, and we keep emailing you about it. <laughs> we'll tell you, and you can leave. You signed a covenant to listen to this podcast. Wow,
1: well, that's uh, that's a way to go. That's not creepy at all. It's pretty.
0: I mean, it's been pretty successful in other arenas.
1: That's the, uh, other mega churches have used that. They uh, instead
0: of like you know. How do you get people to want help? Maybe you could like say useful things and be nice to them right? you could make them sign a thing that says they have to come to you for help
1: yeah, yeah, that's, that's what could go
0: wrong well um, I'm just saying you you take best practices and you try to you try to integrate them into what you're
1: doing as 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 we're walking away <laughs> here's what I'm saying dial a podcast
0: okay All right, here's what Not we dial do. up dial up
1: dial a podcast, and what you do is we we just put out our phone numbers sure. So you just call me? That's Not it. recorded.
0: Sure. This is basically Podcast. just them calling you. Yeah, I, I think that's a phone call, dude.
1: Yeah, and then, then, then I just tell them. But what's... he will do
0: a bridge box plug during the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I then
1: I just and tell occasionally him...
0: hand the phone call and occasionally hand the phone to a Christian singer songwriter. Right.
1: Yeah, and I just I just tell them how it goes down. Sure. You know, I tell them what's happening. You know. And... Is your number
2: one eight hundred truth bombs?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a bazooka of truth. That's one eight hundred bazooka of truth. And uh, then, then they, they, uh, and they, you know, then they get to ask questions. You know, and sure. And I tell them how it goes down. That's good. And they just that that's that's we could just do that. Sure. I, I
2: think that's a phone call as opposed to a podcast, but still so there good.
1: You, there you go. That's sure. that's a good podcast, right yeah. there. I mean, it yeah, it sounds
0: great. Well, I think we got a lot of good things there. And if you would like us to have the mad tech millionaire money you have to have to launch podcasts just so they'll hilariously fail to <laughs> us. We're going to need you to support bridge boss. That's not the only way we're going to get that kind of capital until then we'll keep hiring um, part-time employees out of the neighborhood to do ministry. That's what we do with it. Now it's, I mean, it's a really good use of the money and the guys really get, we're helping guys get on a new step of their life. We're ministry at the bridge improved. It's not hilarious in any way. So we're really going to try to move on into hilarious uses of the money
2: as we should. Sure. Like,
0: Cable cam level, hilarious. That's like we just got so much money in this place. We're going to buy one of them cable cams. You know, you know, has these college football and us. Real (laughs) thing a mega church in Chicago bought.
1: That's, yeah, I was about to say, also Chicago mega church that shall go unnamed has that. So for now, so for now, we're
0: going to keep using that money to do ministry in the neighborhood. And you can get a lot of good stuff yourself Bible study, sermons, songs. Upcoming uh, from here on, the July issue forward, we will guarantee you one brand new Lee Younger track per Woo! Bridgebox oh. nobody else can make that guarantee missionusa.com slash Bridgebox sign Aww, up Oh yeah. get on it alright we're going to go to our first question here it came in anonymously if you have a question for us you can hang out with us all the way and I'll give you an email address and a Tumblr address it says I'm getting owned right now by insecurity and living for other people's opinions it sucks it's no way to live and I hate it in some relationships it makes me desperate and in others unloving I'm pretty sure the answer lies in getting a better understanding of God loves God's love for me. So my question is twofold. We're actually gonna. This was such a good meaty question. We're gonna split this over two questions. Says first of all, what are some ways you guys really explore and internalize God's love for you? So Glenn, why don't you start us off on that?
1: Yeah, uh, here's the thing: is you can't internalize that love. Uh, while you're dealing with insecurity. you yeah, can't, you're kind of trying to jump
2: right to the right answer. Exactly.
1: Uh, that's, that's, that's always going to be a mistake. You can't increase the love so much that you don't feel any insecurity. Uh, there's, a, 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 I've noticed sort of a strong tendency for people, uh, particularly in the church, when they encounter an obstacle to step one, how do I work around this obstacle? Yeah. And then, step two: how do I carry on as I was before? um We're meant to take on obstacles. That's a big part of what it means to be christian uh God puts obstacles in our uh path. He puts challenges in our in our way as a way of exercising things within us, getting us to build our spiritual muscles, so to speak uh getting us to work out things in us uh that are uh, uh need work. Here's the thing. With insecurity, uh, it is toxic. Yeah, That's yeah. The, the right way to think of insecurity. It poisons everything, poisons all the relationships that you have, including, as you're saying here, your relationship with the Lord. It's important for you to recognize that uh, uh, insecurity uh, does a mountain of damage. It, it, for some reason, it has a social acceptability, unlike a lot of other things that we might struggle with. But the truth is uh, it will continue to torture you and, and, and uh, destroy your life until you get to that point where you're ready to, to make the decision to drop that insecurity.
0: That's right. Jed, why don't you talk to us a little about that idea of kind of getting that freedom from insecurity?
1: Well, I just want to pick right up where, where Glenn was leaving
2: off. This is so important. and We want to be crystal clear on this. You can move past insecurity. Right. I, I want to really emphasize that insecurity is not a part of your personality. Right. Um, it's not an inherent aspect of you. And we just have to make peace with it. It doesn't belong. You can move past it. Mm-hmm. It's not because you're introverted. It's not because you're extroverted. It's, it's a sinful thing, and we all have it within right, us, right. but you can choose to, to gain some mastery over it and be in a place where it's not calling shots in your life. That's the next thing we want to be clear on. All of us have floating through our brains the temptation towards insecure thoughts. Everybody has that. But you can get to a place where you're not going with those thoughts and where you're not letting those thoughts manifest and make your decisions for you. Right. And that's really what it means to have freedom from insecurity. It's not about the thought never occurs to you. It's not about, you know, somebody says, oh, you, you look good today. I look good How Did I look yesterday. What are you saying? That, the thought, the, at least the seed of the thought, is going to occur to you, at least from time to time. But you can get to a place, freedom is about getting to a place where it doesn't manifest. You stop that so early in the process, it's not able to take root. It's not able to exert control. It's not able to call shots in your life. That's, that's what we're trying to get to. I think there's two things that we want to look at on that. The first is you want to starve out that insecurity, Insecurity, generally speaking, um, for most people, revolves around something they want. That could be attention or praise or affirmation. Um, uh, A big part of moving past insecurity is to starve it and to give away the thing you want. Um, If what you want is affirmation, find a way to give affirmation to other people. Everybody needs affirmation. Go give affirmation to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, If if the thing you're uh, insecure about is... Um, your financial situation find a way even if it has to be small to be generous with what you have Um, but but starve out that insecurity give away the thing that you want the other part of it and this is really really key is to decide what you're going to be doing instead of insecurity Uh, nature abhors a vacuum and actually jesus talks a little about this in, in other language that when we get rid of something, we have to bring in something new in its place. It, it actually doesn't work to just say, I'm going to stop doing this thing anymore and then that's it. We have to bring in something new. The thing I'd encourage you to look at is to, to um, think through, if you woke up tomorrow with zero insecurities, just the thoughts didn't even occur to you, what kind of life would you live? Mm-hmm. Who would you hang out with? What would you do? What kind of decisions would you make? Then in God's strength, start living that life. Start doing those things. Start having those relationships. Start making those steps because all of them are possible. Um, the the things that you think I would do if I had no insecurity, you can actually start working on tomorrow. It may take you a while to really live into them, and that's okay. That's no problem. But we have to have a direction that we're walking towards, not just a direction we're walking away from.
0: That's absolutely great. We got a little bit of the uh, kind of the emotional and theological background from Glenn, and some getting. Some why we need to make that turn from Jed there and lee why don 't you continue us down this path of what it looks like to actually internalize some of that security
3: well, one of the things that that um, that i 've actually been talking to folks around here a lot lately about is the idea of rehearsing your faith um, mm. you know when when jed's saying you know not only are you not only are you going to reject you know the insecurity but you got to replace it with something else. Um, do you know what's true about you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you
3: know what God says about you? It happens. It happens to me so often that when I'm like when I'm talking to somebody in a counseling situation or something, and they'll you know reveal some kind of insecurity, and I'll say, well, um, you know, do you know what the Lord actually says about you in this situation? And they're you know they won't really know how to respond to that, and I'm like, well, let's look at this. Let's look at this scripture together. And they're like, oh yeah, I knew that. And it's like, well, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's familiar to you now that I show it to you, but you didn't, you didn't think about it. You, it wasn't in your mind. You weren't, you weren't thinking about it at all. And one of the things that, that I've been talking specifically with some, some people specifically about is the idea of rehearsing your, your faith, the things that are true about you, the things that scripture says about you, like, like you're memorizing lines of a play. If you were memorizing lines for a play, you would be going over and over and over those things to just to know them, to get them in your head, so that they're not, so that you can actually, you can, you're not, you know, trying to scramble for them, or you don't need to read a paper to find them and stuff like that. But the things that God says about you that are true, these are the things that we need to be internalizing. We need to be reading them. We need to be practicing them. We need to be talking about them. Like, for instance, on the uh, like. Matt was mentioning Bridgebox earlier. The last track on the Bridgebox is just a music track by a DJ where they have scripture that's repeated over and over again for like 3 or 4 or 5 minutes. You know, and and it's always true beautiful stuff. You should get songs like that and just get those truths going in your brain. Read that stuff, write it down, practice it, rehearse it in relationships you you it 's not just enough to to reject these insecure thoughts. you need to be rehearsing yeah. and and going over and over again the things that are true about you so that you know you have you have a list of things you have an armory of things to fight against this what 's actually true about you what 's really what 's really the case? How does God actually see you? And it's really easy to say, well, I know because I've read those scriptures before, but it's really easy to forget that stuff. So going over it and over it and over again and always working on that stuff, getting it down into your bloodstream.
0: Uh, It's absolutely great, and we've actually done a great job getting some some real practical ideas in this, which is what this really takes. There's Mm -hmm. the theoretical, which Mm -hmm. we have to understand, then there are the practical steps. You got one more thing for us on that Yeah, I
1: think, uh, as Lee is talking about here, this is about being diligent. This is about really following through. When it comes to insecurity, we don't want to wound it. No. We want to kill it and have that that sense of being on the attack with it. Uh, the, The other quick thing is, We've said it before in the podcast, but insecurity has a way of not finishing the sentence. It it'll say, you know, all these yeah. people, you know, you, that, that other girl that just walked in the room is prettier than you. So you know, well, finish the sentence. So you know what? So you know what? Okay, she's prettier than I am, but some of that's a matter of taste, and also, what does it matter? Yeah, who cares? It, 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 this is, but you sort of find yourself. Not finishing the sentence, but sort of going with sort of a vague implication of that, I guess, you know? Yeah. You, you, so it's not examined and thought through, really, a lot of mm-hmm. insecurity. Mm-hmm. If you drag that stuff into the light and really, you know, make it, yeah. uh, 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 you know, mm-hmm. make sense, make it, examine it to the fullest, you'll say, a lot of it just starts to fall apart say, this is a silly thought. I mean, mm-hmm. this you know, mm-hmm. you know the, this person likes this other person more than me. Well, that's... You know, maybe it's true, but, you know, you don't have to be the most liked person in the world. It's not that big a deal.
2: We know what's interesting about what you're describing is insecurity always puts you in a passive role. It always Mm -hmm. gives you something to respond to instead of you being in the driver's seat of your own life.
1: Yeah, you're always sort of back on your heels. Exactly right.
2: Insecurity never lets you say, I want these kind of relationships and these kind of hobbies and these kind of pursuits, these kind of dreams for myself. It tells you, here are the crises you're responding to now. Right, yeah, I I will set your agenda for you. And I think so much of this revolves around you taking that control back and saying,
1: I'll be setting the own agenda for my life. Yeah, you get into a victim's mentality a lot with insecurity. Yeah. Yeah
0: sure and i think that's an important point to make both of those about it being an ongoing process cuz there are glenn started out with you know the idea of it's toxic and drop it like a hot rock which is absolutely true but that's not that is not to say that it is a one step process to get rid of this this is to say that you should be really working the process to get rid of this it'll come back it'll manifest right. in weird ways it'll try to pop up in other ways it had not before but the right. idea is to be on the attack like you're saying
2: well I think that that point about dropping like a hot rock you know it's it, to kind of expand that very very slightly and you tell me if I'm wrong but I think Glenn what you're saying is the idea is I'm not trying to reason with this thing Right. In, in, yeah. in, in, in other words the thought comes in your head that other girl walked in the room you know and everybody thinks she's she's prettier than me I think the mistake that a lot of us get into is we want to we want to talk to that thought in our head and say well you know but besides some people think I'm pretty and, you know, but, you know, I mean, I could be pretty too, but I mean, she's pretty, but and I think when Glenn, when you say drop like a hot rock, what you're saying is I'm not discussing things with that thought in my brain.
1: That's right. Exactly. Um, yeah. we're,
2: we're not having that conversation. Um, the answer is
1: no. I'm not playing with it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And one, one of the things on this is the, uh, it's the idea of, we've talked about this before, the idea of, of making, you know, making sure that the people who get to speak into your life have their credentials to do that. So if somebody, you know, uh, I've heard both of these, both Jed and Glenn say before, if somebody has, you know, has something to say, a lot of people have something to say. But the question is, do they have a point? Yeah. And that's kind of really what Glenn was driving at with the, you know, the insecurity never finishes the sentence. Going ahead and deciding that the insecure things that I feel about myself and really what Jed's saying – earlier is the point he's making is you're going to have those thoughts. In other words, it's a temptation. Yeah. It's a temptation that you're facing, which this, the biblical word for temptation, the Greek word is just an, it's an experiment or a test. And it's like, here's a moment. And I'm, I've got this temptation to believe this insecure thought. And if you go ahead and decide, it's like the crazy uncle, whenever you go home for Thanksgiving, you know he's going to say something stupid. Yep. You know mm-hmm. he's going to say something hurtful. You know he's going to run his mouth. But deciding before you ever pull up to the house, I do not care what he says. Mm-hmm. Right. I am not listening to him. He does not have a backstage pass. He does not get the right to speak into my emotional state. And to go ahead and decide that from the gate about all these insecure thoughts.
0: That's all a lot of good stuff. So let's move on to the uh, the the other part of this this email, which is kind of a a separate question, but it may come on some of the same themes. So let's see how that kind of goes. So it happens it says, "How do I go about doing ministry and loving people when you're not really feeling the love?" And this is their parenthetical. Without being fake, I'm trying to quit fake. Do you want to start us off on this?
3: Um, this is an awesome question and it 's it 's such a cool question because there 's a lot of people who are in ministry, and I know these guys guys can get down with this too there 's a lot of people in ministry who they 're they're <laughs> they 're not in it enough to ask this question yeah um and when you when you come at a question like this it 's because you really are in the thick of it and you 're you're you 're in the middle of trying to deal with people who are sometimes it folks are just stinking unlovable. And sometimes you're just out of gas. And one of the things that I can say on this from my perspective, and let these other brothers jump in here too, is that there are going to be times where you really, really, really will not feel the love. Um, you you really will be just shot. You'll be tired. You'll be over it. You will be annoyed. You will be done talking with people, you will be done dealing with people's crap, the whole thing. And I found a couple of things that have really helped me on this. One is to have an awesome ministry team, a team that encourages you and builds you up so that when you're flagging, they are they are able to pick you up to encourage you or to pick up your slack or to, or to step in and fill the gap. And then when they're flagging, you're able to do that for them as well. I don't think that it's actually possible for a person to carry on real, authentic ministry as a lone wolf. I think you've got to have a team. I think you've got to have a team of people that understand you and that encourage you. And so the first thing I'd say is have a really, really good encouraging team who can remind you why you got in this, remind you of the stories you've forgotten, remind you of the things that God has done, pray for you, help you, that kind of stuff when you're down. The other thing that I'd say is, and I think this is super important, and it's not going to sound ultra spiritual, but the other thing I would say is... Make sure that your off time, like when you're not, when you're off from your ministry, your day off or whatever, is filled up only with things that you love (laughs) as much as possible. Uh, Hobbies interests, friends, you need balance in your life, you you know, whatever that is, read, eat well, exercise, you know, thing. these things sound unrelated to ministry, but they are absolutely integral that during your off time, you're having fun. You have a hobby that's interesting to you. You're watching shows that you love. You're hanging out with people that give you a lot of joy. You are setting down the whole ministry piece. I think that stuff is extremely important.
0: I think it's an excellent point, and uh, one of the other things we need to look at this is the idea of what, point, uh, what part feeling it actually plays in doing ministry. Why don't you take a look at, us? Why don't you take a look at that with us, Judd?
2: Absolutely. Well, if you listen to this podcast, I suspect you know this, but it's worth saying out loud, love is not a feeling. Yep. Um, we oftentimes have positive emotions based on the fact that we have love for people, but love itself is a decision. It's it's not a feeling, and love when we love a simple definition is love is a decision to be devoted to another person's good. That's a simple definition of what love is, Um, and particularly when you're devoted to their good, even when it costs you. That's really, really super love, and that's what Jesus meant when he said, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Um, When it costs me everything, and I'm still going to be devoted to their good, that's love maximum strength. Okay, Well, that also means that love's going to demand you do things that don't feel good at all. Um, where the feelings have left the building. Um, I have a, a close friend. <clears throat> is We went to college together. I love the guy desperately. He's one of my best friends in the world. He called me up about a month ago at this point and explained it. He does IT stuff. He said, I have a whole basement full of servers, um, very heavy, you know, 100, 150 pound machines. I have to move them. It's a whole thing. It has to happen this weekend. Can you help me? Well, um, I love the guy. And I I actually have a hole in my schedule. And and so I said, yeah, actually, I can. And that led to me and Matt about two weeks ago at one in the morning hauling 150 pound hard drive arrays up and down flights of stairs in rural Illinois. In that moment, if you're asking, do I feel love? The answer is no. Right. Yes, I feel sore. I feel cranky. I feel exhausted. I feel pissed off. I feel why did I agree to do this? I feel that super duper strong, mm-hmm. but all of that comes from a place of deciding to love this person. Right. Um, it it the, yes, under normal circumstances, there might be feelings to go along with, it, but it's about that. It's about that decision. I think the thing where we can get into trouble is where both we don't have any feelings, but we also haven't actually started from a place of love anyway. Um, someone right. someone else has told us, you should love these people. Right. And we've kind of gone off on that rather than deciding I do love these people. And that's going to get us into some trouble.
0: That's all really good stuff. And Glenn wants to kick us off on this.
1: Yeah. I, here's what I am uh, uh, want to try and help you understand is, it's just saying, you know, that the burden of love uh, is essential and it is a choice. Uh, it comes first. And in, in order to minister to people, you have to understand them. Yeah. There is no you minister. We'll, let's maybe define what we mean when we say minister to people. It's very simpler, simple definition I want you to be working from as you move forward uh, in what you're doing here. Ministry is helping other people get closer uh, to the Lord in their own personal walk that's that's you're removing obstacles that allow them to get closer to god in in their own walk that's we're building intimacy uh that means you're putting yourself out of a job where they can do that more and more on their own that means um we're looking at uh, uh, getting things out of the way that are holding them back uh in order to do all those things you have to understand them the moment that you decide these are stupid people act the stupid cuz they're stupid you don't there's no understanding there, and therefore you can't minister to them because you don't even know what's going on. It, what their behavior makes no sense, and so forth. I agree with Jed 100. percent I think what's happened here is that, well, you know, perhaps there was a lack of a burden in the first place. Who knows? But I think it might be just as likely uh, that that there is. Jed is suggesting here as well that there could be that love, but they're driving you nuts. Yep, and that's what you're. That's where you're at emotionally is, yeah, I love them, but man, they're driving me nuts. And now I got to get up and act fake in front of them. And you say in in this question here, uh, I'm trying to quit fake, quit being fake. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Here's the thing. Do you have the courage to do that in ministry? Because for a lot of people, bless them, Ministry is when they're the most fake yeah they're never this well behaved It's just they're, so
0: great to be up at eight o'clock in the morning talking to you people
1: yeah um here's the thing um I'll tell a super quick story uh, uh several years ago I was really struggling with my preaching and trying to uh, come into my own mini this is you know again a number of years ago and I'm going to a place and uh, it's pouring down rain. I mean, just crazy rain. And I'm I, I'm late in the traffic and the thing. And I'm I pull up to the place. It was a, a residential uh, drug rehab program. And uh, I get there and I'm standing out in the rain and trying to ring a buzzer because it's one where they got a locked front door and stuff. And uh, it takes them forever to buzz me in. Literally, by the time I walk into the chapel service where I'm supposed to preach. I am head to toe soaked wet i'm literally dripping as i'm standing there uh uh taking the pulpit uh trying to to preach i am I am up at the crack of dawn it's you know eight or nine in the morning, which is for me is insanely early and uh I stand there and i read the the verse about uh you know we will reap well you you reap what you sow. And I'm sort of getting my papers together and trying to, you know, uh, my, my wet notes and trying to, draw, you know, kind of squeegee them off while I'm uh, getting set to preach. And I asked the, 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 the group of uh, addicts that were there, uh, do you believe what that verse says? The verse says we will reap what we sow. Do you believe that? And they all gave me the Sunday school answer because they thought that's what I was yeah. asking. They all said, yeah, we believe it. Yay, we believe it. And I was so tired. And I was so frustrated. And I was so upset that I'm sitting there dripping wet. And I had no guard left on my mouth. And I stood there and I said, no, you don't. Of course you don't. There's no way you believe that what you reap is what you sow. You've been reaping nothing but destruction in your life this whole way through. Look at you. You your whole life is a testament to I am going to be the first person to smoke crack and it will go great for me. Yeah there's no the, no one's ever gotten richer or more pretty or better off taking drugs but you thought you'd be the first one the 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 thing you least believe in life is that you will reap what you sow what what how could you you know i just completely lost my entire mind okay here's what happened christians listening to this podcast they loved it yeah Sure, they loved it because it was true. I mean, they were laughing as I'm saying it because it's like you know one of those things where someone tells you something about yourself that's so true that it, it just re- it just peels away the the layers of junk that you've been telling yourself, and you can sort of laugh with relief, like, yeah, that is the stupid yeah. thing I've been yeah. thinking this yeah. whole yeah. time that's been holding me back. That is, you know, you've 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 done it. You've 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 disillusioned, you've broken the spell. You know, you popped the bubble on that, and now I can see it for what it is. You if, know? I,
0: if I actually believed that I reap what I, what I sow, my life would make no sense. Exactly. So I'd yeah. pretty confused by that. But now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was, and they could tell this is the part that's great. They could tell that I was saying that from a place of love, that my frustration with this whole thing is I'm trying to help you. And I'm trying to to help you see how this works and stuff, because I love you so much, and I've got such a burden for you. And sometimes it just drives me nuts thinking, wait a second, um, uh, you're thinking of it this way, and that's perpetuating this pain, and I've got to, if I have to yell at you to get off Mm, the the, the train mm. tracks because the train is coming through, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But that's from a place of love. That that's they could totally sense the love in that. They could totally sense that I'm trusting them to take that the right way. Absolutely. You know, and this these were guys that I knew. I had been going out there before, so that I had earned the yeah, right don't, to be don't heard. Don't open with this. Yeah, no, but um uh and and I and I you know I I I, I you know shifted a gear. I said, look, you know I, I, I'm you know I love you guys, and I'm nobody's judging on you in here, and that's, you know, and I've made all the same mistakes here. I've had the same attitude. That's how I know to say this to you, but, you know, what that started in me was a whole new, uh, different approach to preaching, which was really stop being fake. Start telling people the actual unvarnished truth about where they're at. Find a way to say that with gentleness, with respect, with love, but if it needs to come out with a little bit of a sass, a little bit of, hey, you know, I love you people, but man, you drive me crazy. Let's talk about that.
0: You know, I think that's legit. Well, I think that phrasing is a lot of the distillation of combining what Jed is saying and what you're saying with love is a decision, and you want to be honest, so you can say, I have decided to love you, but you are a giant pain admirer end right now. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I would That's really right. like that to stop yeah. because it hinders the love. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, to that point, to kind of bring those two questions together, I, I'd like to offer a word of knowledge about your situation. Whoa. Here, here's my word of
0: knowledge. Um, Which is also one of Jed's spinoff podcasts. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: word. It's, just, it's just one word. Yeah. That's it. You know. Knowledge. <laughs> Why here's is you. this podcast 80 minutes long? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well played. Here's, here's my word of knowledge for you. I think you're actually doing a good job working on the insecurity. Yeah. I think you've got a long way to go, but mm-hmm. I think you're working hard on it, and I think you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I think because you're doing a good job, you are exhausted. Because you're exhausted, when you're dealing with people, you're not sure if ministry is, is about you being fake or not. You don't have the energy to be right. fake, so you feel right. like you're not pulling the ministry part off. And you don't have the, the energy to deal with them being fake either. Right. So it, you feel like you're failing at ministry. You're not. What it's doing is it's giving you a sense of what can't hang around. Let me, let me yeah. break this down for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: you're pointing in all the right directions
2: here in ministry you have to choose between being the guy that talks about how anointed everything is Mm. and being a servant those are the two options let me let me break it down for you you got a guy and and they talk about this in sold in in the military too peacetime soldiers and wartime soldiers those aren't the same thing right um you got christians who you go to say everything's just such a blessing is so anointed and just the the essence of the spirit is flowing then the glory of the manifestation all right that's not you It's actually not any of us on this podcast either, but but there are Christians where when that's what you want to do, you go to them. Mm -hmm. And then there's Christians. You go to say, my life sucks and I don't know what to do. Right. What do you got for me? The thing is, that's, that's you. With right. this question, that, that's, that's, that's right. the real you. And the thing is, you want to be working with people where that's what they're on. They're afraid yes. yes. to say, I'm going through a rough thing. My word of knowledge for you is if a person came to you as, as tired as you are right now, if a person came to you as much as you feel fake and said, my life sucks, I need help, you would have energy for days. Sure, say, man. drop everything, let's do it. People sense that about you. And the thing I'd encourage you to do is to embrace that. To embrace, I'm the person you talk to when you're ready to be real. I'm the person Mm -hmm. you talk to when you're ready to address things, when you're ready to fix things. If you want to talk about the glow of the spirit of the anointing of the manifestation... Oh, you got other people for that. Right. I'm right. not your anointing guy. Right, right, right. right. I'm your real guy. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, people, all four of us on the podcast, there are people all over the world that know that about us. Right. Yeah. I uh, We are their real guy. When they're, right, when right. they're ready for something real, they, they call us up. That's you too. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. You want to embrace that because yes. that's who the Lord's made you to be. I
0: think that's a great point. I'll add on to that of... Y- I have a feeling, if you're the person who wrote this question, or not even just the person who wrote this question, but a lot of people in these kind of similar situations, um, there are, as we'll go back to where Lee started off with this, there are a lot of people in ministry who don't ask these questions. There are a lot of people in ministry who just kind of assume that the insecurity is working for them. Yeah. That that's what makes me better, man. This makes you work 30 hours in that sermon prep. Here's the thing. They may be... And these may even be people, and I know people like this, who are getting good ministry done and who are getting it all there. It's just all coming apart at the seams. Yeah. So when, you, when you're looking at people who've been either doing anything, and ministry counts this, for a long while, some of what you're seeing is how they've learned to overcompensate for a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at someone who just maybe does a lot of good stuff and maybe they're even, they always seem like they're feeling it, but you know, they have, you know, they have their moments when they're not feeling it and they're insecure or whatever. What you're seeing is years, decades of them develop, spending so much mental, emotional, physical energy just to create a system of gears and pulleys. So that they can do the ministry and be insecure at the same time. Right. What we're saying is, and I think what you're getting a hint of is you don't have to go through all that. You can actually put what over the long term will be a lot less effort into just getting rid of the insecurity. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to push you towards. And Mm -hmm. I I would close out the same way Jed did. These are related. And I do think as you're making the strides in the insecurity – which you are, one of the things, insecurity is all fake all the time. Yeah, right. Insecurity is either put a big smile on it because I'm insecure or, well, I don't know if you thought it was good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Please tell me it was good seven more times, which is kind of fake too, because sometimes people who know what they did was good will do that. Yeah. Right. So part of the journey through insecurity is a journey into kind of as glenn says this kind of bold-faced honesty yeah so you what you're i think part of what you're learning is how to work that into a new ecosystem that maybe didn't have a place for bold-faced honesty before but believe me it's going to supercharge everything as opposed to hurting it
1: mm. absolutely
0: all right so remember our last question here it came in an our tumblr inbox a little different change pace so i like it it says i love motivational quotes mm. i don't have a joke about that at all thank you for listening I have them plastered all over my living spaces to remind me to get up and go hard at what I do every day. However, I'm wondering how much of this is actually biblical. Specifically, quotes like, today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. When, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. And the greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you can't do. Are these kind of motivational ideas actually biblical? Jed, why don't you start us off?
2: Great question, man. I really, really like it. Really, really glad you wrote in. Uh, Let's actually real quick go through those. So today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. Uh, That's actually not a biblical idea. Um, uh, Or logical. What's up? Or logical. Or logical. Interestingly, uh, that is commonly used in an extremely popular uh, financial program that's done in many, many, many churches. Um, We we try not to say the names of specific programs and authors on this show, but um, you've heard of it. Um, and it has a lot of very funky not biblical ideas we'll about call it. him
0: Rave
2: sure Rave that's yeah that's the ticket um when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you'll be successful let's let's stop there that's not biblical at all in fact the bible says that um the race is not to the swift nor battle to the strong but the time and chance happen to them both um that's actually what the bible says but perhaps more importantly this is just epically not true this is this is dumb this is observably not true um if it were true that um when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe then you'll be successful there would be no children's hospitals Sure. There would be no um, handicapped parking spaces.
0: 80% of the males in America would be NFL players. There would be
2: no psychiatric wards. There would be no sadness. There would be no yeah. poverty. There would be no war. Everything would be perfect because we would just will ourselves into perfection.
0: Jed, it sounds like what you're saying is what separates some financially successful people from others is like start basically starting out way ahead and a system that is geared specifically so that people who look like them succeed. I just thought that white guys just wanted it way more than everyone else. Matt, that right. was my and secret. Have, like, super I just wanted good business ideas. Yeah.
2: I just wanted it more. Okay. That's, right. look, that's just who I am. Sometimes I'm too hardcore for some sure. people. Okay.
1: Well, also, you have hustle.
2: I got hustle. Sure. I got a lot of heart. I'm the Rudy of the business world and also a billionaire. Right. It's kind of hard to be both of those things at the same time, but Turns I out, am. pulled
1: it
0: off. <laughs> a conquering underdog. <laughs>
2: wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, not biblical, also definitely not grounded in reality. But here's the thing I really actually, as a serious thing, I dig your heart of wanting to be hardcore, sure. of saying, I want to take it to the limit. The thing I want to exhort you to do um, in your walk with Jesus is to figure out which things to be hardcore about. To figure out what things do we want to push to the limit. And this is the one thing I want to encourage you to push to the limit every day, to blast, to max out, to be extreme about, grace. Not achievement, not accomplishment, grace. In -hmm. fact, if you want to put up posters on your wall, put up the following slogans. Today, I will choose to love the people that everyone else is too afraid and stuck up to reach out to. That's hardcore. Mm -hmm. Print it out, put it on your wall, live it out. Or, today I will put my boot on the throat of my insecurities because they call my God a liar. I will refuse to answer to them, respond to them, or obey them. That's what I'm talking about. That's hardcore. Print it out. Put it on your wall, dude. Or, today I will shame the devil by turning my weaknesses and shortcomings into a chance to receive God's grace and direction more fully and intimately. Print that out. Put it on your wall. Live it out. All of that is as hardcore as you can want to be. If you'll be hardcore about those things, you'll change the world. The yeah, world will wow. never be the same because you are in it. If you decide to be hardcore about any one of them, you could pick one and just max, you don't even have to be a triathlete. You can do just one. But this is the thing. All the time, here's something that we see in discipleship relationships all the time is people who want to be hardcore, they're just picking the wrong stuff to be hardcore Amen. about. Yeah, dude. Um, we're not at all telling you you need to be milk toast that you gotta you know, uh, you know wear a sweater. And be non-threatening saying pick the right stuff to be hardcore about
0: i think you're absolutely right and one thing that ties into that is there is this idea and it's kind of the um the instagram motivational quote over the sunset or the kettlebell or whatever yeah. has this idea of there's <laughs> this idea of if you just get motivated then it's everything yeah no right. it's motivation is the magic elixir that leads to looking the way you want and having this financial success and having those relationships and That doesn't actually exist in anyone's life. No. There's only so many hours in the day, and short of, as Jed's point, short of being born into a genetically superior, financially superior situation, you got to pick and choose here. And I think part of the idea of motivation, and Glenn made you speak to this, is part of what we have to stop and ask for is, what are we being motivated towards? You can't just be motivated.
1: Well, absolutely right. And I love what Jed was saying because I think we see a lot of people who – Put all of their, you know, motivational energy or whatever towards schooling or towards uh, if they're if they're a Christian, they're I'm going to be I'm going to know more Bible than anybody else. Where did that come from? Who, for what? Yeah, for what? what? What's that? What's that going to do? What's it going to accomplish? I win Bible. I <laughs> win Bible. <laughs> let me
0: let me just run past you a yeah. very uh, idea. I try to live my life on right more. Is more. Oh, that's so American! Well, I have I love some it. Bible, and oh, you could have dude. more Bible.
1: Well, I've Got to print that
0: up. And yeah. sure. who's yeah. got the big Bible now?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's the thing about uh, uh, about the motivation is really, of course, seeking from the Lord. What what is it I be, need to be motivated about? Generally speaking, that's going to be about attacking the key weaknesses that you have sure. in your life and turning yeah. those into strengths. And that's what Jed was talking about there when he's saying, you know, if you know, pertain to our earlier question about insecurity, to have something motivational that deals with that thing that you're trying to to attack in terms of the insecurity. Sort of this general uh, 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 pithy things about life is not is not what we need to be looking for. Another thing I'm going to say real quick is this. Consider the
0: source. Yes.
1: Uh, we see a lot of people on the Tumblr where they put quotes up by people. I'm sure they don't know who this person is. Yep. <laughs> My
0: favorite example of this, I'm sure we all have our own, is a gentleman. And there's nothing wrong with the source of this quote. I'm just talking about it in the in the context of a non-African American. You'll realize why that becomes important in the middle. A guy who just, he quotes some C.S. Lewis and some toes or anything. And then Malcolm X. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> noted Christian thinker. Right. <laughs> You may remember him his work with the Nation of Christianity. Yeah, no, 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 not Christianity, would
1: not it? Yeah, there's there. Uh, uh, the other day, Matt and I were talking about uh, you know uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. quotes we've seen on Christian blogs, uh, which you know uh, you and I have both read him and, and enjoyed him, but uh, deep uh, Christian we're, thinker we're, he uh, ate. We're
0: pretty strongly hypothesizing The person who put that quote up had not. What, yeah.
1: How do you pronounce a dude's last name that did Fight Club? Chuck?
0: Oh, Palonic.
1: Palonic. I see quotes from him all the time on Tumblr.
0: Yeah, that and dude that, is super not Christian. That guy man. is
1: dark, dude. I mean, yeah. like you know, and it'll be on some sweet little Christian gal's uh, blog. You know, here's the thing you need to understand: is people will sometimes see that stuff on your blog and look it up and go and, and see that guy. You want to be able to stand behind some of those people that you're quoting and, and putting either on your Twitter feeds, on your blog stuff. Um, I uh, Matt and I were also talking about this the other day. Uh, we'll see – or no, uh, Jed and I were talking about – We all
0: look the same to Glenn. The,
1: you, well, you all are the – I like to call you the, the little people, the minions, sure. the, 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 the grubby unwashed masses that work for me. But the
0: um, been introduced that way at speaking gigs. <laughs>
1: but the, the th- we we're talking about uh, here's a gal quoting uh, or, or so, sort of reblogging or uh, uh, a post on uh, marriage, dating, and relationships and all that from a guy who's not married. Yeah, who's <laughs> writing about relationships He's and, got marriage all right, and
0: thoughts all that.
1: about it. Sure, dude. Uh, seriously. Do your homework there. <laughs> that guy doesn't know anything about that stuff. You know, you, you got to have a few years of marriage under your belt before you can really speak knowledgeably about it. Um, uh, you know, so I think uh, let's consider the source.
0: Well, I'd also say on that also, um, we have kind of a quote culture and t- Tumblr and Twitter and Instagram, yeah. that kind of stuff part of it. You're kind of missing the point of the quoting something. If it never makes you look at the, the actual source document yeah. right. and go a little deeper. Yeah, the, the idea is not that there is a—I think we're getting the Chuck Palahniuk and the, uh, the Hunter Thompson is there's this thing of a well-delivered sentiment mm-hmm. that people have raised to the point of spirituality— Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just it kind of summarizes something about the human condition, and uh, like you said, all these people, are Malcolm X included, are great writers and great communicators. Right. But you got to look at the thing that's coming from because the Bible says that it's more important to be to use a term we actually make fun of on the show, a lot pure of heart than mm. clever and wise. That's yeah. That takes a back seat to the knowledge. So this idea of I will, I think there are some people who think that if they just keep shovel, shoveling more motivational ideas. In the furnace, that is what will speed them along, mm. as opposed to ever digging deeper into something else. And Lee, why don't you close us out on this?
3: Yeah, I love where you were going on that. Just the the idea that we love kind of the snack psychology. Mm. Yeah, and 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 you know, and you can't really, you know, it's it's not a meal, you know. And the idea that I'm just going to read these quotes. I never actually read a book or anything like that, or find out what these guys are saying. I I, I think for my personality. Those types of motivational quotes they just make me tired and uh and I just uh, you know I, I... I just can't, you know, I, I can't get behind that stuff personally. It's just, uh, it's, it's the kind of thing that, that you know, I, I, I am not one of those people that just that that is motivated by like a competitive sentiment. Just like I'm just going to gear myself up for something. I'm just going to feel it real hard. Just go for it. I'm not going to. I'm just not like that. I mean, and a lot of my job is like. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of thinking. There's a whole lot of listening to people, and so I can't. It's really actually comical to imagine doing those things with the the spirit of some of those motivational quotes. It's just kind of a weird deal, and you know. And so I I don't know. This is it's this is a weird thing for me to think about. One thing that I I will say is uh, you know the thing that the thing that guides me is just. Uh, the calling from the Lord, uh, you know, a lot of encouragement from my friends, you know, just the, the burden that the Lord puts on my heart for people, that kind of stuff. Not the idea that like, not, not the idea that's behind some of those, those things that Jeb was lining out at the beginning of the question. The last thing I would say on this deal is um, if you ever have kids take those posters down immediately as soon as you bring your kids home. Here's the deal. You might be a person who loves motivational quotes and loves to just fire yourself up for something. That's what really gears you up. Um, The chances that, that your kids are, have the exact same personality as you and that's what's motivating to them. That is, that's a very low probability. Everybody's different. And what your kids need is uh, your kids, your friends, your mate, all your, all that kind of stuff. What they need is someone to encourage them, someone yeah. to build them up. I love where Jed started out in this idea of if you're going to max out on something, max out on grace. Um, especially, especially, especially if you ever have children, do not do this to them. Yeah. My uh, real, real, real quick story. My boss was doing, um, some premarital counseling for a couple one time and, uh, and this dude was just kind of talking about himself and, and saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just a dude that has high expectations. I have high expectations for myself. I have high expectations for my fiance. I'm going to have high expectations for our kids. And the room was super quiet for a second, and then my boss just busted out laughing. <laughs> and the guy was like, what's going on? He was like, dude, no. Like, right. no. No, cancel. Not even stop it. Just right. stop now. Throw it in reverse and put your foot down as hard as you can. Don't ever say those sentences again. Right. And and especially, don't take this into your marriage. Don't take this into your kids. High expectations. Dude, you don't have high expectations for yourself. You pamper yourself because you're a human being. Yep. Don't don't ever say that again. And so that's this is one of those things. The people in your life, and by the way, yourself as well, you need encouragement. You need grace. You need second chances. You need love. You need acceptance when you fail. You need all of these things. These are the ways that we need to treat the people that we're relating to. It's the way that you need to look in the mirror and treat yourself as well.
0: That's a lot of really good stuff. I'll give us one, a couple little things to close out on this. Um, I really am put off by the whole motivational quote thing in general. And some a lot of that is coming on kind of what Lee's saying, just having a personality that's not geared towards this. Another part is this here, and I, I love sports. I love football. I played football in high school, and there are a lot of motivational quotes around and the coaches would get them. Here's the thing: they're all lies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That sets up some weird crap, and it it creates, as we were talking about this, the myth of the underdog. Yeah, this idea, and yeah. it's everywhere. There are people in this day and age who have sown the fallacy that Michael Jordan was not a physically talented ball player and just got wow. by on grit.
2: Yeah. Right now,
0: now he got recruited to North Carolina and was the number three draft pick in the nba draft and would have been number one except the two teams in front of him needed a position he didn't play right but two bags like man he was a kid who came out of nowhere and he just he did a thousand <laughs> you know he would a thousand free throws a day and with the thing and he did all that and he worked hard don't get me wrong right. he was also a crazy freak talented natural athlete and if he wasn't that if you're a 510 not Crazy physically talented person, you can do all that same work, and you're not going to get to the NBA. You're just going right. to waste your life.
1: Yeah, no well, doubt. But what if you give 110, percent, which is not yeah, impossible. that's not mathematically
0: possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing on that there's a commercial. This is this keeps going. I'm giving you another example. There's a commercial a few years ago. There's a guy Tim Tebow. If you don't call, it, follow call. It, Follow college football. He was a quarterback at the University of Florida. Won two national championships. Won a Heisman and was like the runner-up for another. He's one of the most successful college football players ever. And as a University of Tennessee fo- football fan, it kills me to say that, but it's so true. And he he got drafted first round in the NFL. The NFL career didn't necessarily work out, but he got drafted first round. And he did this commercial for something. It was like nobody <laughs> thought I'd ever start as a high school football player. He started four years at quarterback at a high school that he moved states specifically to prep him. Nobody ever thought I'd play big-time college football. He was a five-star recruit to the (laughs) University of Florida who started as a freshman. Nobody ever thought I'd – You got everybody thought these things would happen. But it's all creating this myth of, man, I was just this little dude, and I worked so hard. And the key ingredient that I have that other people don't is that work.
1: Yeah, right, and that motivation, right,
0: right. that grindstone, and as Glenn's point out, people do that to themselves in academics, and in their career, and in their marriage, and all this stuff, and just pour more effort at it into a bad situation. And as Jed, to go back to what Jed said, if you're follow Jesus and you're a Christian, your effort is never the missing ingredient yeah, that right. stops something from succeeding. Amen. Yeah, you have effort to put in, and God, we all work hard at our jobs, and. God wants to do that, but the missing ingredient, the key thing that makes it go is always going to be God. Yeah. So mm. not only are motivational quotes, the way the world, the, especially the kind of athletic thing, the way the world uses them, not particularly Christian. They're actually antithetical Yeah. to the idea of Christianity because what they're saying is you can stare down any challenge and you can, through your hard work and white middle class male, because bless your heart, I know you are. If you read these, Um, you can just make it happen. That's absolutely not true. The Bible says that there's one who plants and one who who reaps, but God makes things grow overnight without them doing anything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's in the Bible. So you. uh, But what
1: if, as a farmer, you're given 110 percent
0: if you're cross farming? (laughs) Yeah, you You got to cross cross farm.
1: You got to cross
2: farm.
0: I'm Paleo farming. I plowed (laughs) these fields with kettlebells. And again, we're not saying don't work out. We're not saying don't be motivated. We're saying you have to be aware of the the messages that you are internalizing from seemingly benign things. Sometimes like people who are worried about R rated movies and worried about whatever But when you internalize something as positive to our culture as hard work overcomes everything bull crap, hard work doesn't work. If you're five, six and weigh 120 pounds, you're never going to the NFL.
2: Yeah.
0: You can work out all day, every day. You're never getting there. Yeah. That's Okay. That's not for you. You don't want to miss out on a great life because you say, if I work hard enough, I can go to that. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all that to say, you have things that God wants you to do that your heart should be towards and that you should be motivated towards. The Bible has a lot of motivational ideas. Uh, the Hebrews 12 idea of run the race set out for us. There's a lot of great seven Psalms, but all that motivation is based on. God is going to be the ingredient that makes this go, not your own kind of uh, Protestant work ethic stuff. So just keep in mind on that. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge, Chicago dot You can always sign up for bridge box, mission slash bridgebox. Talked a lot about insecurity in this episode, kind of where it comes from, what it is. And uh, this is a song uh, Jed wrote specifically to battle. Some of that's called made in the image of the Lord It's a very fun kind of, um, Mumfordy foot stompy version that we like a lot. So we're going to take out a little yeah. high energy this week. Made in the image of the Lord. Take out that. Thanks for listening. To this one. we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: We'll say that podcast. Fat thing about for Jesus.